More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Shoulder to shoulder, shields high. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hut Tuesday, November 29th edition of the program. And Elon Musk saying that Western civilization is at stake with his fight to make Twitter an actual free speech platform online. We'll break down why he's right. It is super important. Matters a whole heck of a lot more than a lot of other things people are fixated on these days. Plus, the U.S. playing Iran in soccer, and it's going on right as I speak to you. But what are the implications if the U.S. does come out victorious? We will have that conversation. Then also a Biden nuclear energy expert who stole a piece of luggage from the airport, used the bag for a month. And oh, by the way, this individual is a non-binary uh, individual who teaches kink classes that involve dressing up like a dog. Apparently, Deputy Assistant Secretary in the Biden administration, though, we shall discuss that here in just a moment. But first, my friends, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes like Mario Nelson. After 9-11, Mario Nelson helped with the recovery efforts at Ground Zero. That experience motivated him to enlist in the U.S. Army. He deployed to Iraq and was two months from coming home when he was killed in action at the age of 26. He left behind a wife and young daughter. Thanks to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, his wife and daughter received a mortgage-free home. Your kindness and generosity brought them financial stability and peace of mind when they needed it most. For some families, the foundation brings the comfort of knowing they can stay in the home where they made memories with their fallen loved one. For other families, the foundation enables new memories to be cherished forever. Help our nation's greatest heroes and their families when they need it most. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Now, Elon Musk says some very important things here about what he's trying to accomplish with his takeover of Twitter. 
He wrote this on Twitter, where he has over 100 million followers. This is a battle for the future of civilization. If free speech is lost, even in America, tyranny is all that lies ahead. This is important. I understand that for a lot of people, oh, it's a tech platform that most Americans, I think 75% of Americans have never even tweeted before. And very few, even of those who have Twitter accounts, are particularly active. I get that. But it is used by all people in journalism, news media. It is used by uh, Hollywood. It is used by all kinds of influencers and people that are trying to steer the national conversation one way or another, trying to have outsized influence on beliefs, opinions, facts, politics online. And it has become a a almost entirely left-wing fiefdom when it when it comes to censorship and who gets kicked off and who doesn't. Now, they do allow some people on the right to be active on it because if they push too hard before Elon came along, they knew that what would happen was already happening, which is there would be competitors. It just became intolerable. So they were trying to always see how far they could push it, how much the left could get away with with their censorship of, of the right on Twitter before they forced a cleavage, a breakage where all of a sudden people were just saying, it's too much. I can't deal with this anymore. This is an untenable situation. So that's what it got to. And then Elon bought Twitter because of things like the Hunter, Post, Hunter Biden New York Post laptop suppression, which was an inexcusable and obvious attempt to try to throw an election to the Democrats. That's all it was. And... When you have companies that are doing this and then have the same people that are pushing for that kind of suppression lecture everybody about the need to respect our sacred democracy and the need to uh, the need to trust in all of election results, all the rest of it. A lot of people say to themselves, well, what the heck is going on here? Why am I supposed to just allow this to continue? Why should the government be trusted to regulate or not regulate, depending on how they uh, view their interest at any given moment here, the regime in charge, the Democrats. And this is why Karine Jean-Pierre at the White House saying, nice Twitter you got there, be ashamed if something happened to it, Elon, should put people on edge a little bit. Play clip one, please. There's a researcher at Stanford who says that this is a critical moment, really, in terms of ensuring that Twitter does not become a vector for misinformation. Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? This is something that we're certainly uh, keeping an eye on. A vector for misinformation? Sometimes you wonder, have these journos ever been on the Internet? Because there's a whole lot of misinformation on there. Have they ever actually thought about many of the things the Biden regime insisted were fact over the last two years? Not even just stuff like men can get pregnant. Not true. It's remarkable, isn't it? The people that are so worried all the time about misinformation insist, the same people insist that men can get pregnant. Hmm. We're going to trust them to the arbiter of fact from fiction doesn't seem like a good idea to me but Karine Jean-Pierre is doing what she's supposed to there which is to start to condition the American public to the very likely reality of a move by the Biden administration in some capacity against Elon Musk running Twitter the left's ideas are fragile this is why they try to say speech equals violence 
And it's also why at some level they just they don't just want totalitarian control of your thoughts and ideas. They need it because if they don't have the ability to shut down a conversation, a conversation, if they don't have the ability to silence opposing voices, their ideas will lose. It will all start to crumble. And they know that. So they are simultaneously the left is simultaneously. And there is a cognitive difference, a cognitive dissonance in this. Pardon me. Um, they are both incredibly arrogant and deeply insecure. Arrogant that they know the truth and deeply insecure that if they can't tell you what's true and what's not, people find out what's really true. Right? Truth in quotes uh, for them. So Elon's battle is absolutely essential and it's one that we must win. And as he says, the future of Western civilization is at stake because if you lose on this, you lose on everything. If you're not able to share your thoughts, ideas, and opinions freely on matters of, of public importance, what is the purpose of the First Amendment? And how can you have any faith whatsoever that you have a representative government? If you can't even share your ideas, never mind support the candidates you want, you're never going to feel like the government is reflective of your values and ideas or even tries to be. This is really important. The left went too far. They showed us their hand. And now it's time for payback. Now it's time to push for the, the freedom that to the left is like throwing water on the wicked witch of the West. It, it, I'm melting. I'm melting. Remember that? Remember when I saw that when I was a kid? It was kind of scary, actually. You know, that was a, it was a good movie, Wizard of Oz. Holds up, actually. A lot of older movies don't hold up that well. I, I know people get mad at me when I say that. I say, really, there's a lot of indicating, not acting. People who took acting one-on-one, like I did know the difference. My friends, you ever want to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to do it on your own? That's how I felt until I met my friends at Done For You Real Estate. Now I'm a real estate investor. It's becoming an important part of my overall financial long-term strategy and, and outlook. Uh, I own multiple houses that I bought through Done For You Real Estate. I've done very well with them. I've gotten my brothers to become Done For You customers, and we're looking to build an even bigger portfolio working with Done For You in the years ahead. It's an amazing company. And they really care about the people they work with because they work with people like me and you, just everyday folks who want to invest in real estate who've never done it before. I never even bought a house to live in before I bought an investment property with Done For Your Real Estate. Uh, they'll take you through every step of the process, what part of the country they have real deep expertise in that they think you should consider buying an investment home and an investment property. And then going beyond that, they'll tell you, uh, which management company they think you should work with once you get the, to help you get a tenant in place. Um, now I'm going out of order. They'll also help you get the mortgage. They'll help you pick the house, work with the uh, broker, all that, everything. So every step of the process is covered by Done For Your Real Estate, and they make sure that you do your real estate investing with real expertise and, and make sound decisions. So go to doneforyoubuck.com. Again, that's doneforyoubuck.com. You know, Corinne Jean-Pierre, I just played before some uh, some audio from Corinne Jean-Pierre about how Elon Musk better watch out. I'm just going to note this. She doesn't she clearly doesn't know what a Nobel Prize is. She thinks it's a Nobel Prize. Like, oh, you get it because you're noble, like for nobility. Here is Corinne Jean-Pierre. Play clip two. Today, President Biden met with three U.S. winners of the 2022 Nobel Prize, Dr. Caroline Bertozzi, who won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry, Dr. John Clauser, 
who won the Nobel Prize in Physics, and Dr. Douglas Diamond, who won the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences. How is it that you could become White House Press Secretary and, and not know what a Nobel Prize is? I just mean have heard of it, know how to pronounce it. How is that possible? White House Press Secretary, your job is media. Well, the only way I could see it being possible is if people your entire professional life have been afraid to correct you when you say something that is incorrect. Why would you be afraid to correct somebody when they say something that is so obviously incorrect? Well, I leave that to others to distinguish, but that's the only way I could think of this. That's the only way I think of this happening. That's the only explanation I can come up with. Uh, And it's also shockingly ignorant. Um, Look, I mispronounce things sometimes. There are words sometimes that I'll say that. But, I mean, Nobel Prize, you know? I mean, if if somebody were to say um, that it were... You know, President Ronald Reagan, I I think you'd wonder about their knowledge of U.S. politics. Like, I think that's reasonable, right? President Ronald Reagan was amazing in the 80s. Uh, You'd say, okay, but she's the White House press secretary and nobody will say a thing about this just because the same reason that nobody will say anything to her all along that she's wrong. You don't want to get a lawsuit. Oh, you're mansplaining. Don't mansplain to Corinne Jean-Pierre about how to pronounce Nobel. Oh, that's one of the things that is going on, my friends. Another thing that's going on right now is the USA-Iran soccer match. Um, I have the uh, unenviable position of talking to you right now. I don't know. When you watch this, you will know who has won. Uh, as I speak to you, it's looking like the U.S. is in pretty good shape, but who knows? I'm not trying to jinx anything. I'll say this about uh, Iran-U.S. soccer. First of all, Iran is such a it's such a sad place, such a sad country, um, because it should be a great country. Uh, Persians are a great people and have an amazing history. And there's a lot that is rich and that is worthwhile in the Persian culture. And unfortunately, a bunch of lunatic uh, religious fanatics took over that country and, and have ruined it now for 50 years. Uh, just like communist fanatics ruined Cuba for what, going on 70 years now, 60 some odd years. I got to do the math in my head. Um, so, yeah, it's terrible what's going on in that country. Uh, the Iranians on the national team were apparently told if they did not cheer, I'm sorry, if they did not sing the national anthem, their families were under threat. I saw that reporting. So that gives you a sense of what kind of a country we're really dealing with here. Um, but it, it's it's also just a reminder, friends, look at all these stories out there about Iran, China, Venezuela, North Korea. You'll see these places in the news, Russia. Freedom is not only not free, freedom is fragile. Freedom is temporary. It is transient. There are real places in the world, including the largest country in the world, China, where there really is no meaningful freedom of any kind. Not in a, not in a governance and polity sense. Is there any freedom in China? Not really. No. And there's a lot of authoritarianism. There's, a, there's very much the boot heel of dictatorship on the throats of the people. Same thing in Venezuela, a place you don't hear very much about at all because it's socialist there. And it was a pretty well-off country with a bright future with tremendous natural oil uh, reserves that was ruined by socialism, by people who 
effectively used envy as a political weapon. Maduro's Venezuela, that's what they did. They used envy. Oh, you're poor, you're unhappy. If you just put us in charge, give us power, and we'll, those, those rich people that don't care about you, we'll make them care about you, and we'll give you a lot. You'll have all their stuff. Or you'll have enough stuff that you'll be happy at least, and they'll pay more. Oh, you mean redistribution of wealth and social justice and putting people in charge who promise to care so much about the poor. Notice the socialists never live like socialists. I mean, the people that put these policies into place, they always do just fine. In fact, they're rich, incredibly rich. Look at the senior members of the Communist Party of China. Are they poor? No, they're some of them are billionaires. They're doing just great. Look at the leadership of Venezuela. They're very wealthy. Oh, so it's the other people that have to be poor for social justice to be to to uh, be achieved. And I, I bring all this up just because I think in America, it's easy to fall into this sense of complacency. Like we're always going to be uh, this shining city on a hill, even for all of our problems, which I talk about a lot, all the challenges. But, you know, freedom can pass away in one generation. Freedom can just evaporate. And unfortunately, there's a very strong contingent of socialists, even commies in this country. And they don't learn the lessons of history, past, or the, the lessons of, of the world today. They don't care. They think it'll be different this time. They think they'll do it the right way this time. And they want similar policies here in America. I mean, I just read some thread of the weekend uh, from a woman, a Canadian woman on Twitter. Uh, I don't remember her name, although I would give her credit for this, but I can't. I also don't remember exactly what she said in her Twitter thread. But she talked about how she had a very, very sick baby, like a super high fever, 103, 104 trying to get the baby uh, to be seen in Canada is a total nightmare. You don't hear about this in this country. Oh, they have free health care there. Really? Because it takes 24 hours, basically, to get your baby seen by a medical professional if they have 104 fever, even if you go to the hospital and wait in line for 12 hours. Socialized medicine. It's so great. It's all free. It's all free. They're lying to you. But you see, the people who lie to you do so for their own benefit. They do so. They pretend to be altruistic. They weaponize fake virtue. They pretend to be altruistic in order to have more power to wield in the name of the poor and the collective and the people, but they have no interest in helping any of those things, only themselves, also known as Democrats, unfortunately. That's what they do. Speaking of Democrats, this was the headline of the Daily Mail. Biden's non-binary nuclear waste guru, Sam Brinton, used $2,325 bag for a month after stealing it from the airport luggage carousel and unpacking the female victim's clothes, but claims it was an accident and it keeps his job. The White House says nothing. So the Biden administration has a non-binary individual who uses the pronoun they, plural pronouns. I, I'm not doing this. Plural pronouns is wrong. You're not multiple people. We don't, we don't change language from its plain meaning just because some people have emotional instability and mental health crises. I'm sorry. You're not a they. If we want to come up with some non-binary pronoun, that's another discussion. I think that's strange, too. I don't think we should accede to that necessarily either. But they is just totally off limits. It's not a they. You're either he or a she. Deal with it. And, you know, here we are uh, seeing once again the Biden administration elevates this person, you know, went to MIT. And so we're supposed to think, oh, that, that um, he must be so smart. Brinton must be so smart. Went to MIT. Uh, okay, well, whereas college essays all about being non binary and a huge uh, LGBTQ plus advocate. And did he work the system? 
I don't know. He's a nuclear waste disposal expert. Okay, probably much better than I am at math. I'll give, which is not hard, by the way. I'll, I'll give him that. But you don't really know just based on where someone went to school. Was this person elevated to being a? He's only thirty-four years old. He's a DAS deputy assistant secretary. That's a pretty senior role in the federal government. And the Department of Energy, when you're dealing with nuclear, requires a security clearance, probably a top secret security clearance. It's a big deal. Obviously, nuclear energy. So was he elevated? They elevated. Uh, because uh, he's a trans, non-binary transgender activist who teaches kink and fetish classes, including the fetish where he dresses up like a dog for some kind of sexual excitement or gratification reasons. This is a real thing. Biden administration thinks it's a great person to elevate. This is a person who was in a photo with Rachel Levine, a man with long hair pretending to be a woman as an admiral in the HHS. Um, this is the Biden regime showing you what tr- what their next round of diversity means. Where does it go beyond that, by the way? Well, what are the next steps? Because there always are next steps. We know that. It never stops. They can't stop. Ultimately, this is just about tearing everything down and destroying everything about Western civilization that has held it in place and allowed it to grow and become, as imperfect as it may be, more prosperous, more stable, and more secure for everybody over time. This is effectively the, the eradication of gender is just a fashionable way for leftists to rage at our civilization and try to tear it down from the inside. And it's unfortunately a very effective one. But yeah, this, this deputy assistant secretary for the Department of Energy, uh, who's non-binary, uses they pronouns, stole a bag full of women's clothing and uh, thousands of dollars of value. And we're supposed to think this is like normal or no big deal. This is a person. Do you want this person in charge of any nuclear secrets? Because I think their mental health is questionable at best. That kind of thing used to matter for security clearances, but not if you're a trans activist. It doesn't. Not anymore. Just the truth as it is, my friends. Thanks for rolling with me. Back tomorrow. Shields high. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.